All right, time to go back to the uh, Greek chorus. If you are a regular listener to this program, thank you very much. You know what I refer to as the Greek chorus. Those are the doctors that inevitably are sought out by the media, and sometimes they seek out, seek out the attention themselves, but mostly we contact them. And the Greek chorus comments on whatever is going on uh, provincially in, in the province. What, what, what's the health response? Are we doing the right thing? So let's talk vax passports, shall we? Let's talk about mandatory vaccinations for certain workers, whether it's healthcare, whether it's teachers. To the chorus and Dr. Michael Warner. The people on the fence, you know, if, if life is less convenient, if you're unvaccinated, those people who don't have fundamental, I'm never getting vaccinated reasons for not doing it, will be persuaded to do so. We've seen that in other jurisdictions, and I think it just makes sense. Dr. Michael Warner saying that this is going to be the thing that pushes those hesitant off the fence if they see all the rest of us in a giant hot tub, then they'll want to get in too. And the only way you get into the tub. The water's beautiful. The only way you can get in is to get double vaxxed. One of the political leaders who is calling for mandatory vaccinations for certain workers is Mike Schreiner, leader of the Ontario Green Party. And he joins me on the line. Welcome, Mike. Hey, Alan. It's good to chat today. So tell me about uh, what you think the Ford government will do here, because we have all the political parties on the other side saying, no, you need to do this, and it's really just uh, the PCs that are holding out. What will the Ford government do? Well, my hope is the Ford government starts listening to the scientists and the public health experts who are saying the best way to avoid a fourth wave of the pandemic is to make sure we get everyone vaccinated And we especially need to make sure people who work with vulnerable populations, and I'm especially thinking of healthcare workers and education workers who are, you know, working with um, sick patients in the healthcare sector and and with students, especially those under 12 who are not eligible for vaccines right now, that they are vaccinated. uh, So we ensure that those vulnerable populations remain safe. That will help contain the spread of COVID, especially with the Delta variant, because the last thing, Alan, we want is another lockdown. Like, I just don't think, you know, most of us, you know, just on a, on a personal level, want to cope with that. But I also think of so many of the small businesses out there who have struggled so much and, quite frankly, are still waiting for a third round of funding to get through the third wave of the pandemic from the Ford government. We can't afford a fourth lockdown. Earlier on this uh, program, you know, earlier in the hour, we had the Canadian Federation of Independent Business, who are also calling for some kind of certification, some, you know, whether whether we get hung up on passport or how we call it. Um, is that the only way forward? Well, I, I think a vaccine certificate is, is vital, and it's good to see that small businesses and uh, Ontario Chambers of Commerce and other business organizations now are calling for it. I I just went and got my hair cut at my barber, and he was saying, oh, geez, I really want to say to people, like, hey, if you're going to be in close contact with me, you need to be double vaxxed. But he's like, I don't have a way to for them to prove it. And I said, well, that's exactly why I just put out a call for a vaccine certificate. So you have the option as a small business owner to say, hey, I want to keep myself safe. I want to keep my staff safe. And one of the ways to do that is to ensure that the people who come in here are double vaxxed and to have a system that makes it easy for businesses to make those kinds of verifications are important. Of course, we don't want to deny anyone access to essential services, healthcare, their groceries, 
and things like that because they choose not to get vaccinated. But there's a number of businesses out there who want to make sure they protect themselves and their staff. who want to make sure we don't have a fourth wave of the pandemic because they can't afford to shut down again. And a vaccine certificate is an important tool in the toolbox. Uh, let's just talk um, elections here for a second, Mike. Uh, speaking with Mike Schreiner, the uh, leader of the Ontario Green Party, widely expected that we'll have a federal election before we have a provincial election, but we're within a year. We have next June, year we go back to the polls. I'm wondering how much does the fortunes of the federal party, and we've seen the kind of disarray on the federal green level, how, how much impact is that going to have on your campaign next June? Well, so far, Alan, we're not feeling any effects at the provincial level. I mean, the Ontario Greens are a separate party, and we've been re- uh, June, for example, was a record fundraising month for us, our best June uh, ever, even including during election years. Uh, and our fundraising has remained strong uh, throughout the summer. Uh, I have a number of high-profile candidates, Diane Sachs, the former Environment Commissioner of Ontario, being one of them, uh, and a number of others stepping up to say, hey, they want to run for the Ontario Greens. And I think it's because we performed well in the Ontario legislature. You know, I I don't want to (laughs) pat myself on the back, but I can tell you a number of folks have said that, you know, the Ontario Greens may only have one seat, but that one seat is as effective as any of the other opposition parties in terms of holding the Ford government accountable, but also being able to work across party lines to get things done. For example, I was able to co-sponsor a private member's bill with a member of the Conservative Caucus to make life better for electric vehicle drivers. You know, at a time when we're facing a climate emergency, any any positive step we can make forward, especially given how many step backwards the Ford government has taken us. You know, I'm, I'm willing to do that, willing to criticize where I need to, willing to work with other parties when it moves the, the dial forward. And I think that's what the people of Ontario are wanting, is a party that approaches politics in a different way that puts people and good policy ahead of political self-interest. You referenced the uh, climate emergency, obviously a very terrifying report that came out from the, the UN. Let me ask you a real specific question about that. You, you, you talked about electric vehicles. Does the province of Ontario need to bring in a more robust rebate program for electric vehicles, or do you believe that that should be a consumer, it should, you should let the, the free market dictate the price. Yeah, I think there's three things we need to do around electric vehicles. One is a rebate program, absolutely, to create the incentive so we reach the economy of scale to drive down prices. The second one is rolling out uh, an EV charging network across the province. I just went from Guelph up to the northern Tomogamy on a canoe trip with my daughter, we did it all electric, but I can tell you, Alan, I had a few moments where I was concerned, am I going to make it to the next charging station? So uh, we cert- but it's certainly possible, doable, I did it. And uh, but rolling out that charging infrastructure across the province. And then finally, is making sure that we have the mining to manufacturing all Ontario supply chain to be the global leader in creating jobs and manufacturing electric, not only personal vehicles, but also uh, transit vehicles, buses in particular, we're well positioned in Ontario to do that. But global companies aren't going to make those investments if we don't have a provincial government that is saying Ontario is open for business when it comes to the clean economy and electric vehicles in particular. Mike, always great to talk to you. I'm glad you got back safely. I I was uh, following along. I know you were off there uh, canoeing with your daughter and and great to have you back. (laughs) 
Uh, and that you made it, it. You made it in the electric vehicle. Great to talk Thanks to you again, Mike. Sure. Take care. All right. That is Mike Schreiner with the Ontario Greens, the Ontario Green leader. I'm wondering if you would support a rebate program, more government money on a rebate program for electric vehicles might bring down the cost. My concern with that every single time is then we're kind of just messing with the mechanics of the open market and the prices just get all real wonky. And I'm not 100% sure that that money's not better spent somewhere else. I'm not sure about it, but, you know, Mike Schreiner makes the point there that without it, you don't get the economy of scale. You're not going to get, you know, the the middle class or, you know, the, the, the family that is trying to figure out like, all right, I've got X amount of dollars and a gas powered vehicle is 20, 30 grand less in many cases than an electric vehicle. An electric vehicle's got a real premium. Interesting stuff.